0: I believe that all of us have regrets in our lives, things that we wish we would have done differently, situations that we would like to try to live over again. Furthermore, we may feel extremely guilty about those situations, especially if they are the result of sin, and we want... Desperately to know the freedom from that guilt, from that oppression, from that sadness, the remorse that results from from our sinfulness. Well, we can't undo the past. We can't live life over again. So what are we to do about those things that we have done and we can't change? If that which we regret is truly sinful, then we need to repent and to seek God's forgiveness. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Anything short of seeking God's forgiveness is not true repentance. In this passage, we have an interesting study. It's, it's, It's an account of Judas Iscariot. Judas, of course, committed a great sin in betraying Jesus for money. He turned over an innocent man to be condemned. Judas Iscariot was overcome with grief and guilt as a result of his sin. Judas Iscariot, we know, did not truly repent. The scripture tells us. That Jesus pronounced woe on Judas. In Matthew 26, 24 at the Last Supper. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Been better for Judas not to have been born. Than to have betrayed Jesus. Jude, again at that Passover meal. Jesus referred to Judas as unclean. In John 13, 10, Jesus said to them, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. Meaning that his sins were not forgiven. Furthermore, In Jesus' high priestly prayer, he is referred to as the son of destruction. The son of destruction. In our passage, we have an account of of Judas' repentance, in quote. In his change of heart and change of mind, change of attitude towards what he had done. But what I want to point out to you that Judas' repentance was not far enough. He didn't go far enough in his repentance in order to obtain the forgiveness of God. Why this is so significant is because of the remarkable ways in which Judas did experience some level of repentance. But it didn't go far enough. But in the culture and the day and age in which we live, I think if people did half of what Judas did, people would think, well, obviously they're forgiven. What I want to do is point out from this text what true repentance looks like. And demonstrate that true repentance is not less than what Judas did. It's more than what Judas did. True repentance includes all that Judas did, but more. But more. And I want us to see what was lacking in Judas's repentance. But before we see that, we need to understand the level of Judas's repentance. What did he do? Notice these characteristics, and there are a number of them. First, true repentance is more than feeling sorry for the things that we have done. Judas felt sorry for what he had done. If you look at the text, the King James says in verse 3, then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. ESV says he changed his mind. Then ESB translates this word, he felt remorse. And the NIV translates this as he was seized with remorse. Remorse. The word that is used here is a very broad word that has many different connotations with it. It can mean to repent. It can mean to feel remorse, saddened, regret, to change one's mind, to wish that we had it to do over again, to wish that we had never done it, All of this is wrapped up in this initial description of Judas' response to seeing Jesus condemned. I, i like to sum it up in that sense of feeling sad or remorseful. People often come to a place where they are sad because of the things that they have done. It brings them heartache. It brings them displeasure. It brings an unsettledness to their their heart and mind. They feel guilty, if you will. And as such, they become very, very sad. Maybe even depressed. Over the things that they have done. Judas was saddened by his betrayal of Jesus. But oftentimes people are sad because of the consequences it brings upon themselves. They're sorry because of the unpleasantness that they're going through. And they only see that. They only see how this sin has affected me. The scripture says there's pleasure in sin for a season. And once that season is passed and we start living out the consequences of our sinfulness, then we are sad and wish we hadn't done it. But Judas's repentance is greater than that. For Judas is not simply sorry for what he had done as it affected himself. But Judas was sorry for what his actions had brought upon Jesus. He was sorry for the consequences that came not just to himself, but to others. And in this instance, in particular, Jesus. For if you notice in verse 3... What caused Judas' sorrow? If you notice in verse 3, it says, Then, now the time word, when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind, or it was regretful, or it was remorseful, or all those different translations. When he saw that Jesus was condemned, that's when it hit him. That's when he felt the remorse. When the death penalty had been pronounced upon Jesus, then he is sorrowful. Jesus knew that his betrayal of Jesus was contributory to Jesus' condemnation. That Jesus would be condemned, and in fact be condemned to death, was prophesied in Scripture. Scripture. Nevertheless, what Judas had done was inexcusable. And Jesus had warned him of that fact, even at the Lord's Supper. One would wonder, had not Judas thought about the consequences that his betrayal would have on Jesus? You know, he had, he had contracted with the elders and the chief priests to betray Jesus into their hands for 30 pieces of silver. Didn't he think about what was going to happen next? Didn't he think about there was going to be a trial and a condemnation of Jesus? I would submit to you that evidently things had turned out worse than Judas had had thought. Maybe Judas thought that there would be a trial and Jesus would be found innocent. Maybe Judas thought that this army would come to arrest him and Jesus would demonstrate his power as he had done many times before and overcome this army. Maybe he never thought it would actually come to this. Or maybe he just, in his selfishness and greed, only thought about himself. Only thought about the 30 pieces of silver. And was totally oblivious to what this would mean for Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. But the point is that Judas came to realize that what he had did not only affected himself, but... Affected Jesus big time. And when he saw. That Jesus was actually condemned. That's when his heart smote him. That's when he was struck in his conscience. That's when he entered into his remorse. All too often. People don't think about how their sin affects somebody else. And all they do is feel sorry for themselves. It's quite a step further. To recognize when we sin that not only have we hurt ourselves, but we have hurt others. And there are consequences to our sinfulness that spill over into other people's lives. And other people's lives are made miserable because of our sin. That's an important part of true repentance. To recognize not just how my sin affects me, but how my sin affects someone else. But even that... Isn't far enough. Even that. Doesn't constitute. True and complete repentance. Thirdly. True repentance is more than seeking to make amends. For the wrong that we have done. It's more than seeking to make things right. Judas. Had tried to make things right. By returning the money they had been paid to betray Jesus. Notice verse 3. Then when. Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned. He changed his mind. And now these words. And brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and to the elders. The 30 pieces of silver was the money that Jesus had been paid for betraying Jesus. Matthew 26, 15. Judas said, What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, He saw an opportunity to betray him. He got paid up front. For this dastardly deed. But he had kept that money. Maybe he didn't have time enough to spend it. But he still had that 30 pieces of silver in his possession. And so when he saw that Jesus was condemned. He went. And sought to return the money. The chief priests wouldn't take the money. And so he just threw it at them. He threw it at them. He tried to the best of his ability to make it right. That was the only thing that he could do. He couldn't undo the actions. He, he couldn't turn about the sentence the best he could do was try to return the money that he had been paid in order to commit this sin. Our sin does irreparable harm. Many times the things that we do have some pretty miserable consequences. It's wonderful when we seek to make restitution for our sin. If we steal... To try to pay that back. If we have dishonored a person. Try to restore their reputation. Try to make known that we had sinned. We had lied. We had defamed them. We had done things wrong. It's good to try to make restitution. In fact the Old Testament is filled. With how to make restitution for various sins. What you're to do. But never are we to understand that making the amends is forgiveness. Or making the amends makes it right. It's a step in the right direction, but it's not far enough. To try to limit the fallout of our sin is great. To try to limit the consequences of our sinfulness on the innocent people around us is commendatory, but it still isn't enough. Giving the 30 pieces of silver back didn't change what Judas had done. Number four true repentance is more than acknowledging that what we have done is wrong. True repentance is more than acknowledging what we have done is wrong. Judas went beyond saying that he made a mistake or that he had committed an error in judgment or that he had been overcome by a moment's Impulsion. He didn't minimize or trivialize what he had done in any way. Notice verse 4 saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. He used the S word I have sinned. You know, people don't use the S word very much anymore. It's mistakes, errors, bad judgment, and on and on and on, but not sin. True repentance acknowledges that what we have done is sinned. We have done wrong in God's sight. He said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. It's a reference to Deuteronomy 27, 25. Cursed is the man who accepts a bribe to kill an innocent person. Then all people shall say amen. In the law it said, Cursed is the person who delivers an innocent person to be condemned. Motivated by a bribe. And that fit Judas to a T. And he acknowledged that it did. He acknowledged, that's me. I did that. I handed over an innocent man for a bribe. Therefore, I am cursed. He acknowledged that. He owned to that. He accepted that level of guilt in his heart and mind and life. And yet, that wasn't enough. You know, sometimes we can be so impressed when people will own their sin and acknowledge their sinfulness. But that still isn't true repentance. Let's go a step further. True repentance is more than taking responsibility for our sins, actions. Remarkably, Judas does not seek to rationalize or minimize his behavior by one of two things, comparing that behavior to someone else or to pass blame for that behavior on someone else. There are so many people that when they are confessing their sin or even making an apology will own up to what they have done and then want to compare it to somebody else and say, but at least I didn't do what they did. It's kind of in the news right now. That's very common. For people to say, yes, I did this, but it's not as bad as what other people do. Yeah, it's, it's wrong, but it's not as wrong as what somebody else has done. Again, what's remarkable is how Judas does not compare himself to others. Look at Matthew 27, verse 4. A verse of scripture that never ceases to amaze me. Uh, Let me uh, give you verse uh, 23 again so that, uh, excuse me, verse 3 again so that you have the context. Then when Judas' betrayer saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, now these words, what is that to us? What is that to us? Those are amazing words. Judas is coming to these priests, these religious individuals that are to be caring for the people of Israel and saying, I want to return this 30 pieces of silver because this is guilt money. This is blood money. I don't want it. And they look at him and say, well, what does that have to do with us? It has everything to do with them. First, they're the ones who paid the money. You know, if it's a sin to be taking a bribe, it's a sin to make a bribe. Not only had Judas betrayed Jesus, but the scribes and the the elders and the chief priests knowingly condemned an innocent man. They had not only paid for Jesus to be betrayed, they they paid for false witnesses to testify against Jesus. They knowingly condemned an innocent man to death. (coughs) And they are the chief priests, and they are the religious leaders. And they show not one ounce of remorse. Not one tidbit of sadness over what they have done. They don't show an iota of a sense of guilt. But Judas doesn't shake his head and say, well, at least I'm not like those... High priest. At least I'm not like those hypocrites who won't even acknowledge that they paid me the money, that they had a kangaroo court. What I did was bad. I own that. I betrayed Jesus, but I didn't innocently condemn him. I wasn't the one who sought out people to betray and sought out false witnesses. What I did was bad, but it's not as bad as what they did. That wasn't his response. That's not what he said. That's not what he thought. That's not what he did. True repentance doesn't seek to rationalize away our guilt by comparing it to someone else or shifting the blame. He didn't blame the priests and say he was entrapped by them to betray him. And the second thing is he didn't even blame the evil one. The evil one, Satan. Uh, Remember the Flip Wilson character? The devil made me do it. He didn't even say the devil made me do it. He didn't even say, if it weren't for the evil one, I would never have done this. He doesn't shift the blame at all. He owns it completely. Owns it completely. They say... The priests. What is that to us? And then notice what else they say. In the end of verse 4. See to it yourself. See to it yourself. Brings us to the sixth point. True repentance is more than being devastated by our guilt and sin. See to it yourself. They did not provide any counsel or guide or intervention to try to help Judas. They didn't seek to alleviate his guilty conscience. They didn't seek. To encourage him to experience forgiveness of sin, they simply said, We don't want to be bothered with this. You take care of it. That's your problem. That's your problem. And the problem was, he didn't know what to do with his problem. At this point, he was so. Distraught, verse 5, is that he departs and he went out and committed suicide. He went out and he hung himself. There are various tragedies that are associated with suicide. There's mental illness. There's a host of things. But I tell you, it's really tragic when people are so desperate that they can't find any way out of their situation other than taking their life. To think that the situation they are in is unredeemable. That they are in a hopeless state. That there is nothing that can be done. About their situation. Short of escaping this life. And short of making an end of it all. Here is where the repentance didn't go far enough. Because in all that he did, in all of his sorrow, in all of his accepting his responsibility for what he had done, in all of his understanding that this was sin, in all of his not shifting blame or accusing someone else, in all that he had done, where he failed, was he didn't turn to God for forgiveness. He didn't look to God to take away his sin. Judas is in an interesting place in his life in terms of the Old Testament and New Testament economy. Jesus has not yet died, but he's dying On the cross, he's condemned so that sin can be forgiven. But even in the Old Testament economy, Judas went to the temple, but you know what he didn't bring? He brought 30 pieces of silver, but he didn't bring the sacrifice. He went to the priest and said, Here! Take my 30 pieces of silver. But he didn't say, offer a sacrifice for my sin. And what he did not do was look at that one that was betrayed and understood that this one that he betrayed was truly the Son of God. You know, that light did not go on for Judas. He recognized what he had done because he said, I have betrayed the blood of an innocent man. But he did not say, I rejected the Son of God. He didn't understand the full extent of his sin. But what I'm pointing out to you this morning is, but what he did not do is ask God to forgive him and take away his sin. If we're going to be forgiven, all these things ought to be done that we've described. Repentance is not less than what Judas did. Repentance is not less than accepting responsibility for our sin. Acceptance is not less than trying to make things right. Acceptance, Repentance is not less than taking responsibility and not shifting blame but repentance must result in confessing our sin and asking for forgiveness. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's sad today... That there are many, many people who are laboring under guilt, under shame, who look at their lives and desperately wish that they could do things over, desperately wish that their childhood had been different, desperately wish that they had been a different kind of parent, a different kind of spouse, a different kind of worker who truly feel bad for what the things that they've done. And they go to religious leaders, who, in essence, say, see to that yourself. They tell them, you shouldn't feel guilty about what you've done. There are so many other people that have done worse than you. There are so many people that are working so hard to make up for what they have done. They were poor parents, so now they dote over their children, and they give them everything they can financially, materially. They, they want to dote over their children to make up for their neglect and their sin in the past. There are so many people that are trying to make things right, and that's good, but it's not far enough. If we really want to experience forgiveness, if we really want to deal with guilt, we can't just put it under the rug. We just can't paint it over. We just can't look and say, well, at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so. Or even look to the religious hypocrites and say, you know, I want nothing to do with the church. Look at the things that they do. If we want to receive forgiveness. If we want to have a clean conscience. If we want to have guilt removed. If we want to be at peace with ourselves and with God. The only way to receive that is through true repentance. Which includes all of what Judas did. But climaxes in coming to God and asking him to forgive us on the basis of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the penalty of our sin. Through Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven, and we are brought into a right relationship with God. The solution is the same whether it be the first time we sin or the thousandth time. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning, there is nothing you can do to take away your sin. There is nothing that you can do to make your past right. There is nothing that you can do to try to make up for the things you've done. You you, you can't give to the church. You can't make it right. You should try to make it right to the degree that you can, but you can't. The only thing you can do, is receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. When I was at the Reading Bible Fellowship Church as the assistant pastor, we had a break-in at the church, and there were some things stolen out of the sanctuary. We had some brass vases up front, kind of like this. We had some sound equipment in the back, We had some other paraphernalia, and anything that was worth anything that could be carried out was. And about a month passed. And on one Wednesday night, I was downstairs, and there's a bottom entrance, and in came this man carrying two brass vases. I immediately recognized them as the vases that were up front in our church. And he said to me, I want to return these. He said, I couldn't hawk them. He said, I couldn't bring myself to sell these knowing that they came from a church. He wanted to make amends. He wanted to make it right. I remember, I took him to Pastor Hart, senior pastor, and he took him into his office And sat with him during prayer meeting, sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That man was sorrowful. That man acknowledged that what he did was wrong. That man brought the vases back. That man did all that he could to make it right. And Pastor Hartman shared with him that what he really needed was the forgiveness of God through the person. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that night he made a profession of faith. And the one who was so guilty that he couldn't do anything with these things for a month went away happy, thankful, and a child of God. We are saved by the gospel. And brothers and sisters, we live by the gospel. The answer to our sin is always faith in the Lord Jesus. It's always coming before him. And doing all that Judas did, not less. But not failing to make that most important last step. Of saying to God, I can't make it up. My good deeds... Can't remove it. My trying to make amends won't do it. My feeling sad won't do it. My asking other people for forgiveness won't do it. I've got to come to God and ask him to take away my sin on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let me just say to you this morning, is there something that is heavy on your heart? Are you laboring under guilt? Are you laboring under depression? Are are you laboring under a sense that things aren't right and you've tried to make them right and maybe you've been trying to make them right for years and you still agonize over things that happened 15, 20 years ago. I remember dealing with with a woman that had an abortion 20 years ago. Still laboring under that sense of guilt and, and heartache. It's sad. There's forgiveness for those who come to Christ, maybe even as a believer. There are things in your life that you have not yet confessed. You have not yet really brought to the Lord. Maybe you've given up on yourself or on him. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I have a twofold invitation this morning. First, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's where it begins. To acknowledge I need to put my faith in him and him alone to take away my sin. It's not my good deeds plus his good deeds. It's his good deeds alone. It's only what he does. By dying on the cross and rising again that my sins are forgiven. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your savior? That's the first invitation. The second is even as believers. Are there things that we're still harboring? Are there issues we still are dealing with that we haven't yet said to God, please take this away from me. Cleanse my heart and mind. Give me peace and understanding that I am accepted in your presence solely by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you. I encourage you. Pray. And seek God's forgiveness. Know his peace. Know his restoration. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you that through him we receive the forgiveness of sins. And enjoy peace with God. I thank you that through faith in him. That our past can be. Wiped clean. Oh Lord, that does not absolve us from. Responsibility and duty. Lord, we want to try to make things right. We we want to try to make amends, but Lord, we realize that ultimately that there is no way in which we can make true amends and there's no way we can undo what we have done. And that certainly does not bring the peace of heart and mind that we need. Lord, help us to pray for those that our sins have brought consequences to. We confess that along with confessing our need. It's all part of our need. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here who has never yet truly turned to Jesus Christ as the sole means of the forgiveness of their sins, that today would be that day. I'm not going to embarrass you by pointing you out or something, but if you would like to receive Christ as your Savior today, would you just raise your hand? And uh, I'm just going to acknowledge I see your hand. I'm not going to make you come forward or anything. Is there anyone like that this morning? Quickly, raise your hand if there is. And then maybe as a child of God there are things that you've been wrestling with a long time. I invite you today experience the peace of God through the Lord Jesus. Confess that. Again, I'm not going to ask you publicly but if you want just to acknowledge that you're welcome to raise your hand. And again I'll pray for you quietly. I'm not going to talk about it or whatever. I won't even pray about it publicly but I want to pray with you. Anyone at all? Okay. Our Lord, help us to rejoice in the forgiveness of ours that is in the person of the Lord Jesus. Give us a, a real understanding of repentance, of the depth of repentance, of how frivolously in our day and age we talk about repentance. As we look at the life of Judas, as we see such qualities of change of heart and mind of which repentance consists of nothing less as we look at how he acknowledged what he had done and the toll that it took upon his innermost being. Lord, give us that sense of conviction. Give us that sense of sin. Help us to understand sin for what it is. And then, O Lord, help us not to be depressed, help us not to be frustrated, but, O Lord, to rejoice and glorify the Lord Jesus, that through him we experience the forgiveness of sins through his shed blood. Thank you, Lord, for giving me. And thank you for for giving my brother and sister. And I pray if anyone here this morning is really laboring under that guilt or depression or sadness. Deliver them, I pray, as they look to you and exercise faith in the Lord Jesus. For it's in his name we pray, amen.